Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Odd Couple podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to the best of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Brian, let's get right into it. Of course, the Los Angeles Lakers were eliminated last week or last night, swept unceremoniously. By the Denver Nuggets, I mean, four straight games. A lot of people didn't think they'd see that with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the purple and gold, but that's exactly what happened. LeBron did have a great game. 40 points, I believe 10 rebounds, nine assists, or vice versa, 10 assists, nine rebounds, but 40 points. Uh, but it wasn't enough. And the, the the news that Trump them being swept, the news that Trump, Nikola Jokic, getting to his first NBA Finals, and heck, the Denver Nuggets get into their first NBA Finals, was the, not not announcement, but I I guess it's somewhat of an announcement, but LeBron James saying after the game in his post-game press conference that he may have played his final game. Here's LeBron. We'll see what happens going forward, Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot to think about, to be honest. I had a lot to think about, to be honest. And um, just for me personally, going going forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. Now, that was vague, so that could lead you, wow, what, 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 the, what in the world is LeBron talking about? But later on, he told Dave McMiniman of ESPN that he indeed is has to decide whether or not he's going to continue to play. Uh, Brian, look, I think LeBron will play. I think... The chances of him retiring do exist, but I think they're slim. 
But what what do, where are you at on this? Do you think he is going to retire? No, not at all. I think a couple of things here, Chris. I think one, yeah, he's tired from the the season. It's a grind, and he's thirty eight years old, and he played all but four seconds last night. But I also think what it really is about is LeBron loves attention and LeBron Mm. likes to shift the narrative. And so this is a savvy move on his behalf because it's not about the Lakers getting swept. It's not about Jokic doing his thing and recording another triple-double. It's about, hey, is LeBron going to retire? Is he going to hang him up? He's not going to. He's still playing at a high level. You rattled off the stats. At 38 years old, the same day Carmelo Anthony from his same draft class retired, LeBron's going for 40, 10, and 9. He's he's still playing at a high level, and he's made it very clear he wants to team up with his son, Bronny James. So I don't buy this for a second. I think it's a way to get some attention. I don't think all of that is automatically bad, but he likes being top of mind. He likes being center stage and people speculating and his name being talked about and all he loves all of that. And this is a good way to shift the narrative. This is misdirection 101. And you know, I got a I got a lot to think about. It, it, the only thing we were missing was the the hand over the forehead like, "Oh, I got a lot to think about over wow. here." I don't buy it for a second. He's going to be back. Look at Brian No, just coming out here firing. Just like Rob Parker. I, I would expect that type of cynical anti-LeBron take from Rob Parker. But <laughs> you? All right, so I, I feel you on this because neither one of us thinks he's retiring. Um, but you say shift the narrative. So let's say LeBron comes out and doesn't say that last night. Just, you know, hey, look, you know, we we gave it our best. We came up short. But... You know, I'm I'm excited about this team going forward. Next year, we we gonna we gonna come back and take another shot. If he just comes out and says that, doesn't mention retirement or anything like that, mm-hmm. what do you think the narrative is? I think the narrative is he got swept. I think the narrative for some people is don't bring up LeBron's name in the goat debate. Unless LeBron is thinking about purchasing some actual goats. If he's debating with himself, like, should I buy some goats? I don't know if I should. That's the only goat debate I want LeBron to be associated with. Because anybody with half a brain (laughs) knows that Michael Jordan is the goat. And LeBron's resume doesn't measure up. And LeBron's a smart guy. He's very smart. And he knows what might be said It's all about they got swept, they got embarrassed, they couldn't get one freaking game, and now all of a sudden it's, is he going to retire or not? It's a narrative shifter. I I did not know. I had no idea. Ask Rob G. Tweeting. I had no idea Brian No was going to come out firing daggers (laughs) at LeBron James. My goodness. Now, look, I'm with you in that Jordan is the GOAT. You sound like you don't even have LeBron, like, Anywhere near Jordan. I got him second. Where do you have him? I, I don't mean, know if you have a list, but is he even right. second? Yeah, I would have him second as well. Okay. He's okay. had a fantastic I thought career. he was about 17th the way you no. just <laughs> I, made that statement. I didn't, make him, I didn't mean to make him sound like he was worse than Smush Parker over there. But no, wow. he's, he's had an amazing career. And there's no shame in not surpassing Jordan. You but are his right career doesn't stack up. Jordan... We could go over all the list where I'll keep it as as simple as possible. 
We always talk about LeBron being the career leader in points. He's the all-time leading scorer. That's a tremendous feat, but he led the league in scoring one time. Jordan led it 10 times. Straight. You've got LeBron. He is a scoring compiler. He he is the top scoring guy. I'm not going to take all credit away from him, but one of the main things that Team LeBron people point out is that he's the all-time leading scorer. He led the league one time in scoring. Don't you think it would be more than that when Jordan has 10 and Jordan has more first-team all-defense, more championships, more finals MVPs, more regular season MVPs, just mo, 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 mo. He's the player of the year, for all that stuff. I, I hear yep. you on that. But let me ask you this because I don't hold it against LeBron. Like, I don't think it's a, a, a knock against him that he got swept uh, this year. Is Do you feel that way? Because I've heard that sentiment elsewhere that you know oh LeBron got swept what 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 does that do to his legacy where, where are you at on that yeah I do I think it does impact it it's not like it reduces his body of work to nothing it's not like it's rubbish or anything it's still a great body of work but when he's chasing Jordan like if, if Jordan had four rings and LeBron was the guy with six if you did it you know a, you know, a 180 right there it wouldn't matter as much but he's got fewer rings. He's chasing Jordan. And to be swept in one of the last seasons of his career, yeah, there's some significance right there. Well, see, and, this, uh, this is why, and you said it, one of the last seasons of his career, which is why I don't think it works against LeBron. Now, again, I, I don't think he's the GOAT. I think he's second to Jordan, as do you. But LeBron James is by far the best 38-year-old the NBA's ever seen. Oh, no doubt. The best player in his 20th season the NBA's ever seen. And I actually think LeBron is at the stage of his career where he can't hurt himself, really. Like, if they didn't make the playoffs this year, I wouldn't hold it against LeBron. He's 38. He's, He's in his 20th year. Yeah. No one has carried a team this far at that age. Well, and it just so, depends. It depends, who, Chris, though. is Jordan was playing, you know, at, at 39 and 40, and he didn't even make the playoffs in right, Washington. And right. we don't hold that against him. So I don't think this should be held. Like, this doesn't diminish LeBron that he got swept. Jordan got swept at times, too, early in his career. But still, he got swept uh, in the playoffs. So it, it's not like Jordan was never swept either. Right, it isn't, but he wasn't swept while chasing the consensus goat of the time. You know what I mean? Like, he he wasn't chasing someone that was almost this Paul Bunyan mythical creature, well, if right, you will. Right, because that guy wasn't out there. Yeah, that's I mean, right. there were other guys, obviously, that were phenomenal, but there really wasn't, at that time, a lot of talk about who's the greatest ever, who's the goat. Right. I mean, at that time, GOAT was a derogatory term for, you know, you, That's you, right. you were the opposite of a hero. Yeah. You know, you ruined things. You messed things up. You're to blame. So, yeah, there wasn't that when Jordan came along. And, and look, I do think it, it's tough to follow Jordan. Yeah. You know, because oh. he won so much. I mean, two straight three or two three-peats in eight seasons. And... You know, there only been, there's only been one other three-peat since Bill Russell, and that was Kobe and Shaq. 
So I hear you on that, but I just think at 38, I am not saying, wow, LeBron just got swept because, again, no 38-year-old has played this well. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. 
I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This was the question I wanted to get to last segment. Was is Nikola Jokic the best player in the world? And I, I I think he is, honestly. And a lot of people, the reason they would say he's not is because he's not a great defensive player. That is a weakness, but he is a smart defensive player, and he is big, obviously. And just his size alone and his smarts make him – he's not a negative defensively. Right. He's not – you know, great, and he's not going to wreak havoc on that end of the court. But he isn't a negative, and I think his size and smarts actually make him somewhat of a positive, at least. Magic and Bird, those guys weren't tremendous individual defenders, but they were smart, they had great instincts, and it wasn't a liability. And the bottom line is this. I think it's between Jokic and Giannis, and Giannis and every other player in the league right now has weaknesses. Giannis has weak. Giannis can't shoot. No. I'm not even just talking about free throws. I'm talking about jumpers. And if you can keep him from getting to the basket every time down, essentially, like Miami has done a few times in the playoffs, then you can beat them. Mm-hmm. We saw him. They, they couldn't even go to him at the end of a game in the fourth quarter because he doesn't have the jumper. And so everybody's got a weakness, but Jokic is so good offensively, passing, scoring in the post, scoring in the mid-range, scoring with the three, um, leads the fast break. He can do it all offensively. They run the offense through him, but he's not ball dominant, which is a huge plus. And so I do think right now he can wear that crown as the best player in the world. Yeah, and I think this whole discussion, it's important to keep in mind, these are like college football rankings. You know what I mean? Where – you, you play a week of college football, and things are going to change. Like right. I think Jokic is the top guy right now. That could change very quickly. It could change next season. But right now, this is his time for the reasons that you pointed out. His passing ability is on another level. For a big man, it's insane what he does out there. He's the best passing big man of all time. In I, my I was going to say, I think he is. Some people want to say Bill Walton, Wilt Chamberlain led the league in assists one year. No. Jokic is the best passing big man ever. He's unbelievable. And the scoring ability, you look at compared to Giannis, yeah, Jokic is not the uh, physical freak and agile assassin in a fast break the way Giannis is, right. but he Jokic's outside shooting is worlds better than Giannis's is. Now, defensively, as you pointed out, Giannis is way, way better right. than Jokic is, but Jokic isn't just getting worked defensively. And I think when you compare him to Embiid, Embiid's a better defender. There's no doubt about right. that. But Embiid, he sometimes it's the conditioning. Sometimes it's the games that he misses. And I would also throw in there throwing his best 
at the most crucial moments. And he certainly came up short in Game 7 against the Celtics. So, no I mean, it's, it's not by leaps and bounds, but yeah, right now, Jokic is the top dog. Yeah, and I used to have Embiid ahead of Jokic, uh, largely because of the defense, as you said. Ate him up one-on-one when they played this year, put 47 on him, on Jokic. But I, I, I am with you. Like, Jokic, and, and here's what I'd say about, you know, you mentioned it, like college rankings. It is right now, you know, and obviously it won't change weekly, but there is no, like, like it, Michael Jordan was far and away the best player in the world for years. LeBron James, far and away the best player in the world for years. We're not there yet. Now, we may get there. Maybe it'll be Jokic. Maybe it'll be Giannis. Maybe it'll be somebody else. But right now, it is kind of open. Yeah. It's up for debate. It's up for grabs. And some people still will say Giannis. Some people will say Embiid, I mean, uh, Jokic. I don't know that that many will say Embiid. Well, here's what I say to Embiid and Giannis. Because Giannis, I know he works hard. He can improve his jumper to some degree. It may never, he may never be a great jump shooter. But what Giannis and Jokic, I mean, Embiid, can both learn from Jokic is watch him go to work down low. And I don't mean post up on the block for 40 minutes a night like Shaq or Olajuwon or Ewing or David mm-hmm. Roberts, any of those guys used to do. Those days are over. But Jokic, who plays, brings the ball up court, leads the break, gets it at the top of the key or the foul line or the elbow. When the time calls for it, when the situation calls for it, when it's a defender he wants to exploit, he will back them down all the way to the hoop and put up jump hooks, little baby jump hooks over them. That's what I want to see from Embiid and Giannis. Mm-hmm. If Embiid, who's got a great mid-range shot, if it's not falling, then have a back down game. Giannis, if they put a wall up and you can't get to the rim, have a back down game. Let us be able to post you up. Coaches, put a package in for your team where you play off Embiid on the block. You play off uh, Giannis on the block, even though they can do other things. Denver does that. It doesn't have to be him scoring all the time, but if they'll throw it to Jokic down low and they'll pass, he'll pass it out of there. Yeah. They got cutters and stuff or three-point shooters he's passing it to. So those are things, honestly, that the other two great bigs in the league could learn from Jokic. You know what stands out to me too, Chris, is just stylistically, Jokic's game, it's not going to ooh and ah you the way other Absolutely. Uh, other games do. I look at it like fireworks. You know, you ever go see fireworks, maybe for the 4th of July or whatever? There are some fireworks where you go, ooh, and right. ah, and all. <laughs> Jokic, he's, his game stylistically, he's really like those firework duds that go in the air and they just go, boom, and <laughs> you don't go, ooh, and ah, right? Like, if he had that part of it, oh gosh, oh my gosh, it would be a wrap. It wouldn't yeah, even be, be a question who the best player is right now. But because he doesn't have that, I think that he's penalized sometimes, and that's why that's it's like uh, people are reluctant to commit to him being the best player. Think of a guy like KG, just stylistically, where he's going up 
and swatting a ball away, even though it's a dead ball or headbutting right. a stanchion. He was just a character. He, he was a great player, but he had style. Yep. And if Jokic had something like that, He's more Tim Duncan. He's more the big fundamental yep. than he is KG or someone stylistically like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's going to have to take as great as he is, and his, his numbers are ridiculous. I mean, we, you can't deny his numbers. But it's going to take the championships for people to really appreciate how great he is. I mean, people are starting to appreciate it, but why? Because he's on the verge of possibly winning his first championship. Duncan, if Duncan doesn't have five rings – we don't think of him the same way, which obviously we get it. We we really are into championships. But to your point, people weren't going to just watch him play and, oh, wow, he's so great. I mean, basketball purists would, but the great general basketball public wants to see that dull game, if you will, lead to championships. Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Of course, he announced his retirement yesterday. A lot of people joked, oh, I thought he already was retired because <laughs> yeah. he didn't play last year. But, or this season, he wasn't on the team. But I'm glad that he, Brian, announced his retirement publicly so that we could give him his flowers. Because mm-hmm. Carmelo, and a lot of people will poo-poo Carmelo because he didn't win a championship and, and really didn't have a lot of playoff success uh, overall. I think he won three playoff series. Rob G, correct me if I'm wrong three playoff series in his career, but he was undoubtedly one of the greatest scorers of this generation, uh, of this era. And, you know, he's a top 75 player all time. He's a Hall of Famer first ballot. There's no question about that. So I'm glad that we're able to give him his props. But interestingly, Ian Begley, uh, who covers the Knicks uh, and, and the entire NBA in the New York area, Begley said, Rob G, he he reported yesterday that the Knicks are going to or they're look they're considering it. His exact verbiage is my guess is that it is going to be retired. Just in the conversation, people who would be familiar with the situation, they thought there was momentum towards Carmelo Anthony's number seven getting retired in MSG. Mm. Where Brian, where are you at on this? I think that the standards are way too low with certain organizations for retiring numbers. You know, like this is the Mecca. This is the garden. This is in some people's mind, like the birthplace of basketball, even though it's not, but some people think it is right. (laughs) And and Carmelo, he was there for seven seasons and it's not like he was trash, but he didn't do anything team accomplishment wise that would warrant having his number in the rafters. Like, come on, man. This is some, like, Nick Collison-type stuff over here. What are we doing? (laughs) Well, here, look. First of all, Rob G., give us the list of players who have had their jersey retired for the Knicks. Well, first and foremost, Bill Russell, which is actually retired across the NBA, number six. So that's number one. Walt Frazier, Dick Barnett, Earl Monroe, Dick McGuire, Willis Reed, Dave DeBusher, Bill Bradley, Patrick Ewing, and then a ceremonial Red Holtzman, which is a number 613. 
Well, look, Dick McGuire was, you know, he played in the in the 50s, 40s and 50s and was really their first star, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just for kicks and giggles, career averages, eight points, five and a half assists on 38 percent shooting. But hey, um, that that's how it was back in the day. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but outside of Dick McGuire, everyone else on that list, Rob G, except Patrick Ewing, who I don't think anybody would doubt or would argue right. that he was better than Carmelo Anthony, oh. especially with the Knicks. Yeah. Um, all the other players won championships. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. And then you have Patrick Ewing, which we all know he deserved to have his jersey retired. With that, so... That is a franchise, the Knicks, Brian, who haven't had a low standard. Right. It's been championships or you are freaking Patrick Ewing. Yeah. You know, to get your jersey retired. So by that standard, I got to be honest, and I'm a Melo fan. No. No. Because And here, look, I think of Melo more myself as a Denver Nugget than I do as a New York Knicks. I do too. I know he right. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I think of him getting to the Western Conference Finals with the the Nuggets more than I do anything with the Knicks. You rattled off how many series he won in his career. How many series did he win with the Knicks? One. One series? And like, that was, and then they lost in the second round to Indiana. And that was incredibly disappointing that they couldn't win that series. So look, here's the thing with the New York Mellow. It was for all that they went into to get him. Remember, that Melo ruined the season in Denver, which is one reason he might not get his jersey retired there. Mm-hmm. It, because he ruined the season because he was demanding this trade, and so obviously the Nuggets couldn't function properly. And ultimately he was traded to New York. And so for all that they went through to get Melo, all the players they gave up to get Melo. It was a disappointment. Yeah. Because like I said, they won one playoff series. Now, he did lead the league in scoring one year, 28.7 points. He did set the Madison Square Garden record for points in a game, 62. And that's for not just Knicks players, but players, visiting players as well, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, whoever. And those are great. So a few nice individual things, but I, I got to be honest. I look at Melo's time in New York is like all darn near a blight on his career. I mean, because you didn't deliver and you didn't even come close. Yeah, and it shows you it's not a great business model to uh, force a trade and you're gutting your new roster. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, right. That's not a good way to do it. That's like moving into a new house. And I, like ruining your own furniture. It's like, why, why would you do that? It's your new house. But right. I think that, Chris, what was cool about Mello at the end of his career, so much of his career was what he wasn't and what he didn't do and what he didn't accomplish and how he wasn't a great defensive player. It was all what he wasn't. And then when he finally got to the Blazers, a lot of that changed because he got to 10th on the all-time scoring list. Right. And you think this was right after... It didn't work out at OKC. Remember the press conference where he's like, hey, Paul George, they're asking me to come off the bench. And we're like, that's actually a good idea right now, Mel. It didn't work out in OKC. 
He was with the Rockets <laughs> no, for like please, 10 they games. They want me to come off the bench. No. Yeah. <laughs> they want me to come off the bench. <laughs> it goes to Houston for, it was like 10 games or something crazy. Right. Didn't fit right. in there. And they got kicked to the curb. That could have been the end of his career. But then he went to Portland. He started scoring a lot more, reached some milestones. And, and it really switched. He got his roses finally. I, w- I love to see that because a lot of his career was way better than he ever got credit for. Yeah, no, I agree. He showed great humility. Unlike a lot of people, and I'm not, I'm not slighting these guys for that, but like an Allen Iverson, he couldn't bring himself to come off the bench and just be a role player. Iverson could have played several more years as far as I'm concerned and actually been a really good sixth man, like a Jamal Crawford type, Lou Williams type to come off the bench and put up buckets, you know. But he just, you know, he always was like, I'm that superstar and I can't be anything less. And I'm not mad at that. Mm-hmm. But I do give Melo credit for being humble enough to say, look, not only will I come off the bench, I'll adjust my game. I just want to play. And he became a very good spot-up three-point shooter. And to your point about Portland, he averaged 15 points there um, his first year back. Now, he was starting, but still, that, that's a good season. But back to the retirement of the jersey, look, I don't really look at Melo in Denver as a a, a, a bad thing or a failure. You know, I, I look, when he went there, they had won 17 games the year before they drafted him. Immediately, as a rookie, not only does he average 21 points and six rebounds, but he gets them to the playoffs. Yeah. And LeBron didn't do that in Cleveland. They had won 17 games as well. Then the next year, like, Melo got them back into the playoffs every year. And then to your point, when Chauncey Billups got there, he actually got them to the Western Conference Finals with Billups running the point. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, obviously in Denver, they probably have a sour taste in their mouth about Melo because of the way he forced his way out. And I get it. But I think of him more as a nugget than I do as a Nick. I mean, I got to be his Nick's tenure. Of course, I remember it. I covered it and all that. It just, there was no team success. Yeah. I I, I think that it, it, what's interesting to me about Carmelo, it depends who you're comparing him to. Where I'll use, we talked about Fresno a little bit ago because Kenny called in for Trash Talking Tuesday. Fresno always gets compared to L.A., it's like if you compare it to L.A., yeah, oh, Fresno that, sucks. That yeah. yeah, if you compare <laughs> Fresno to, like, my hometown, South Bend, Indiana, or, like, Topeka, Kansas or something, all of a sudden Fresno isn't half bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you look at Carmelo, wow. he always gets compared to the dudes in his draft class, like LeBron, who was better and had much more team success, D. Wade, look at all the success he had throughout his career. Carmelo never gets compared to Darko Milicic, you know? Like, look at Melo compared to some other guys. We always look at the guys who are better than Melo than the guys Melo was better than. And the reality is Melo was a better was a better player than a lot of dudes. But we hardly ever look at it that way. And uh, at least Rob he got his G, roses at the end. Send this out to FoxSportsRadio.com or FoxSports.com. Brian No, colon. Mellows like Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. I could have said like uh, 
I don't know, somewhere else. Fresno, I mean, look, I don't want to slight the people of Fresno. I've actually never been to Fresno, but it sounds good. It's got a cool name. But anyway, uh, I, I hear you. And you know what would have been interesting? And I, Mello, look, we know he wanted Syracuse. And Mello, it, it, it's the notion of him not winning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, some of it is on him. I mean, Chauncey sure. Phillips said, you know, a lot of times Melo was happy when he dropped 30 and we lost mm. rather than 17 in a win. Man, you know, that I mean, is that's an a indictment right there. Yeah, Woo. I mean, he talked about that. And so um, some of it was on Melo. Yeah. But I, I really wonder, because remember, you mentioned that draft and you mentioned Darko Milicic. The Detroit drafted Milicic right after LeBron. <sighs> And Melo goes third to Denver. Man, can you imagine if, if he went to Detroit? I, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, Woo. if Melo had gone to Detroit. Yes. Obviously, you've got great coaching there. They had Larry Brown. They had great veteran teammates. Now, look, it's not a given. It's not a definite. But I assume Melo goes there, fits right into the starting mm-hmm. lineup, probably becomes the leading scorer, but still fits in their team system. And he wins, if not one championship, maybe multiple championships. Man, How much differently do we look at Carmelo? Because he would have probably won before LeBron. Wade, of course, won before LeBron as well. Doesn't mean we would have thought he's better than LeBron. But, man, would that, that would make a huge difference man. for Melo's already great legacy. Just immense, no doubt about it. And that's the thing. That's the other side of it is he wasn't a good defensive player. He didn't have the team success. There are, are a lot of things that you can point out that are criticisms or truths, however you want yep. to look at it. Yep. But the thing in his retirement video was top-notch. It was great. And he talked about passing the torch to his son. Yep. Like, would you sign up if – your son event ended up accomplishing what Melo accomplished. You would sign up Absolutely. immediately for Absolutely. like ninth all-time scorer in the history of the NBA, playing 19 seasons, winning a college championship, three gold medals, 75th anniversary team. Like there's a lot there. So we can't yep. just reduce it to he didn't win a title, so who cares? Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.